0: Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve, and my co-host is Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. Good
0: evening.
1: And tonight, we're going to be discussing something that Kyle and I have been kicking around to discussing for a little bit now, and we're finally going to do it who John Cena should have put over but didn't. And we're going to do this in our kind of – in a top ten way, but our top five apiece. But going over our list, Kyle, we say top five, and we even had a feeling this is going to happen. At least three of ours match. But there's other other people who – I think should be mentioned that it wasn't necessarily in the wrestling ring, but it was because of Cena playing politics that he kinda shafted over. That's the best way to put it, wouldn't you say?
2: There's a lot of rumor in Indio Indio about John Cena in the back and some of the things that have or have not been done.
1: Right. And yeah, and I don't, and in a way I'd almost call him like the second coming of Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan not- was well, Hulk Hogan was bigger than life. And then people started booing him because they were tired of seeing him. And he was supposed to be Mr. All American, Mr. Segrary your, your Vitamins, but then he was cheating every time he got in the ring. But people were supposed to cheer him. And then we come to find out that Hogan was playing a lot of politics in the back. And Cena may not be the level of Hogan, but he has been accused of doing the same things.
2: Well, if we look at it objectively, all the top guys have played politics once they've got there. And Jeff Jarrett just did an episode on how Steve Austin kind of worked him over when –
1: Austin with the front runner. Uh, which episode was that? Could I Jeff Jarrett's podcast? I'm actually behind on. I'm trying to think if I've, I may have actually heard that one, but I know he and Austin that they had some uh, heat going back to when Austin was in Memphis. But yeah, but we'll be discussing some of that. We'll bring up. You know we can we can talk about Jared as well. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure that will come up as we're discussing this. just kind of politics in general. But before we get into it, I want to give our contact and listening info. You can email us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail dot com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook dot com slash armchairbookingpodcast. You find us on Twitter at bookingarmchair. We're on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Every single one of those, you just go to the description in, in that, wherever you're listening to it now, and also uh, Block Talk Radio, because that's actually who hosts us. You can go to any of those, you can click on the links, and you can download the podcast. Or in the case of YouTube, you can actually go to the YouTube channel. And we are still not taking any callers without uh, previously scheduled them. You, know, if you if you arrange it with us ahead of time, fantastic, because we've actually done that already. Uh, the main one, uh, being the most recent one, really, being Small and Mean Selena Dean, who I would say, she's a pretty good friend of the show now. Wouldn't you say that, Kyle? She was a great guest. Yep. Oh, absolutely, and we would love to have her back on. But if anybody would like to be on, just contact us. Give you the the email address, and hit me up on the DMs. Hit, hit Kyle up on the DMs because he he does the Instagram. Which Kyle, maybe we get the Instagram set up as well for the podcast. What do you think? I'm sure
2: any way to connect us, we'll get the same same people that are uh, talking to the.
1: Probably, but some people I've discovered only do one social media, maybe two. They don't do all of them. I actually have almost all of them just because I have kids uh, who, and I say kid, it should just be kid who gets on there, even though she's 19 now, and I was using it to monitor her. But discover discovered my 10-year-old, he actually has a Snapchat, but we monitor everything he puts on there. Right now, all he puts are pictures of his action figure, his Teddy Roosevelt action figures. And actually he got a Dwight D Eisenhower action figure the other day. That's all he does. He's 10. So well, but
2: I saw what my son's friends put on Snapchat and I will avoid
1: that particular platform. Now say part of that again, yet you broke up a little bit.
2: I said, I saw what my son's friends put on Snapchat Oh, and I'm going to avoid the platform.
1: Yeah, and right now, he only has just me, his sister, and one of his friends, who is also his age, on his Snapchat, and that's it. And we watch that, and at any point, we can go on there, and we can actually look to see, okay, what's going on with your Snapchat. So, but anyway, and then... Wrestling News, have you heard that the Thunderdome is going to be going away here in July, Kyle?
2: I've heard that WWE will start touring. AEW is going to start touring, I I think, a little sooner.
1: I don't remember the exact date for AEW, WWE is July 16th. They're going to have their first show in well, almost a year and a half. By that point, it's going to be in Houston, and it's going to be on SmackDown. And there are rumors flying around right now that John Cena himself is actually going to appear on that show. But right now, they're just rumors. Some people are saying it was a joke tweet that was put out. Who knows?
2: Well, on the bright side... Nobody died this week. No, they didn't. I know that sounds kind of sad, but you're right. And yeah, no. hmm. today is the anniversary of the Rawest War. They honored the life of Owen Hart. So um, watching bits of that right now.
1: And you know, talking with my wife earlier, uh, she said she didn't realize how close to mine and her uh getting married that happened. I said, Yeah, it was just eight days later. Yeah, you that might have been the first night you were back to work. You know what I think was... you know what I think it was? You're right, because it was on a Sunday night.
2: No. The the day he died was but yeah. the raw was the next day and i had sunday monday off
1: right i actually was working on sunday because uh, at that that time uh actually no maybe i was off uh, i either had friday saturday off or i had uh, saturday sunday off but either way i mean it was extremely shocking we we were
2: actually talking about this uh, just the other day from your wedding. I took two girls to prom that year, like the the right right after your wedding. And the night Owen Hart died, I was watching a Hugh Grant movie on a date. Which movie? Um. It was the, obviously he was British. I want to say Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts.
1: Oh, Notting Hill. Yep. Yes, I will admit the guilty pleasure. I actually do like some of Hugh Grant's movies.
2: It, if we think about it, um, mention names. I think I took that per- person to your your house. Oh, I remember her before uh, Owen Hart died and the pay-per-view would have been that night. So you were actually off.
1: Okay. So that, yeah, that would have been the Sunday. Like
2: I said, I couldn't remember
1: because you remember how our days off used to, used to fluctuate. They used to slide all the time. And that's what I said. I I could I know at least had the Saturday off. Um, couldn't remember if I had the Friday Saturday or the Saturday Sunday, but yes, uh, uh, my wife and I we do remember meeting her. Oh, twenty two years ago.
2: Um, you you didn't live very far from the movie theater down there. Oh, you must have went
1: to the movie theater in Laurel.
2: Yeah. Because there was a, uh, there was a golf course or an amusement park down there at the time. And it was on my way down to your house. And we would go to the driving range just to shoot balls with the caddy. Hmm. That's the only reason I got interested in the golf. (laughs)
1: Well, <clears throat> so right now, you, I think you told me earlier that you probably were not going to watch Raw tonight. I I usually have it on. That's exactly it. It's just kind of on right now. Not really holding my interest, to be honest with you, at all. Even if we weren't doing the podcast, I probably still would, wouldn't even be watching it. Smackdown last week. I even totally forgot it was even going to be on. And... It didn't matter anyway because my son uh, had the idea of us all playing Mario Party on the Nintendo Switch. So we did that instead and we had a lot of fun. And he won the first time he's, he's actually won playing against this and so he was pretty happy. But if that says anything, kind of, I guess, my my thought on the wrestling, at least in the WWE right now, I have been keeping up the dark side of the ring though. Uh, how about yourself? Because I know you've been kind of disenchanted with the friend, with the product lately as well. I,
2: I have been reading recaps of. Uh, I don't even punish my my TV and record the product right now because I'm I'm legitimately not. Have you caught the Dark Sides of the Ring, though? Now, Dark Side of the Ring and WWE Biography. I just finished the Shawn Michaels one. Um, And Dark Side of the Ring, I keep up with. Uh, The Brian Pillman one was good. The Nick Gage one was. Okay, he's not my cup of tea as a wrestler or a human being. Uh,
1: yeah, mine either.
2: And um, the most recent one on the trip to Korea, I got a kick out of. But I really think, I really think the season it minimized because they they added the dark side of football. Right. Did you happen to listen to
1: Conrad Thompson? Uh, I believe it's actually on Jeff Jarrett's podcast, but he's actually talking with the guys who produced Dark Side of the Ring. And he actually mentioned Dark Side of Football. And he said, oh, this is great. He said, I'm from Alabama. He said, I live and breathe football, grew up playing football, watching football, Alabama Crimson Tide, you know, all the – All that, he said. Then he watched it, and nope.
2: He said he absolutely hated it. The, The first one on wide receivers being a diva was meh. The Bill Belichick one that they just did last week, Bill Belichick is a cheater. Okay. Nothing really got into it. Bill Belichick,
1: to me, is – yeah, he is definitely a cheater, but the man is an absolute genius when it comes to the rule. But how many rules have they actually had to change or create because of Bill Belichick? Like that stupid – that BS Tuck rule. Yeah, I'm still mad about it. From 2002. Against, <laughs> but, against gee, that greater nation. That wasn't his role. The referees. Right. But the fact that he knew about it, and they changed it after that. Yeah, they actually changed that rule after that because somebody looked and said, well, that's kind of stupid. That was obviously a fumble, but because he had not touched his chest with the ball yet, and Belichick knew that. And I hate to say it, but, I mean, it was, it was the truth. I still think it was a bunch of garbage. That was Raiders' year. And the next year was the Raiders' year. Don't even want to talk about that Super Bowl. anyway, all right, so John Cena, Kyle, what are your actual thoughts on John Cena?
2: So I'm conflicted about John Cena the person and John Cena the wrestler. Person the football player, the weightlifter, the volunteer person for make a wish. Uh, philanthropist is the proper word. Overall, tremendous human being appears to be a, a nice guy, like genuinely good human being the wrestler. This fruity pebble, John Cena. Been, <laughs> Did you come from a
1: fruity pebble?
2: Yes. <laughs> All right. Sorry. The the fake marine because he he played a marine as an actor. Um, I, I'm not into John Cena the wrestler, especially Super Cena. With the five moves of Doom. I moved to Doom. What about you? Uh
1: well, I, I still remember the first time I saw Cena, and I had actually not watched wrestling in a little bit. Uh, this was probably around 2004 ish, 2005, and just from different TDYs trips here and there, I had just not been able to keep up with it as much as what maybe I would have wanted to. Turned it on and saw this guy, and I'm thinking, who's who's the Marky Mark wannabe? But that's to me. That's what he kind of appeared like, you know, the white b boy rapper that was coming out there. And so that was really the first impression I had of him. But that was before he got in the ring. And, and the way I was watching him in the ring, I'm like, okay, this guy actually has some skills, and I could see him going pretty far. He just needs to drop that stupid act that he has. And at the time, he was a heel. and But the rapping act was authentic part of his personality. Right, and I found that out later on, that he actually is a, apparently a pretty good freestyle rapper. And then later on, of course, just like the majority of people in wrestling, if they want to be successful in any way, his character did evolve to what it is right now call that fortunately or unfortunately he's now churn polarizing not necessarily his fault because part of it like you said I mean he, I think he is a genuinely nice person because he he's he keeps adding to his record of make-a-wish appearances and even if somebody was doing that just for the cameras which I don't believe he does that's a lot to do just for cameras. Just for, hey, look at me, look at me. And,
2: holy um, Oh, I got the cough. You what? I said I have coughs or something. Oh, okay. um, all right. You got some water? Yeah.
1: Do like Eric Bischoff and have the cough button. But. A lot of the stuff I was finding out about Cena was a little bit later on also, and it was when obviously he's been on top of the the top of the world he's been on the top of the man uh of the company he's the face of the company and and I get it you know I get why, but like you said, all of a sudden he's trying to delve into acting and he's it's almost like either he's trying to be or they're trying to make him into the next version of Dwayne Johnson. And That may not be a fair assessment It may not be a true assessment That's just My perception of it all
2: it, And I disagree And I think John Cena is so Polarizing As a wrestler Because he is The WWE's last Individual star And from this point company, not the wrestler. Hmm. We as fans, we reject that. (coughs) (coughs) But
1: when when it comes to his political maneuvers that we hear about uh, backstage in the locker room, and in the offices you know so to speak when we started listing our personal top fives and we sent them to each other and I, I almost want to say okay um, did you when you sent yours to me did you actually list them like 5 4 3 2 1 or were they 1 2 3 4 five?
2: I did five, four, three, two, one.
1: Okay, I thought you did. I just wanted to make sure um, because your number five was actually my number two, but I mean we both had different reasons why. But we said,
2: "Rusev." So, well, one thing to before you get into John Cena too much is all main event talent in all have picked and choose who uh who they were willing to work with and to be honest this is an individual business they have to look out for their own best interests
1: they do it is a cutthroat business everybody knows it
2: so this is one thing, it's different than football where if I do well and it benefits the team. Your your money is dependent on where you're at on the card as a wrestler. So you gotta do what's best for for you. And that's at the expense of upcoming talent people. You, you want your run to be as long as possible and for you to stay on top.
1: And that is why, even though you'll always hear them say to the contrary, wins and losses do matter in a sense.
2: Oh, they they should matter in every sense. And the the crux of my list is the simple fact: in order to make new stars, you have to be existing ones. Yes, and and that's that's the basis for for my argument. And I know, even with Lesnar, you've had this argument: he doesn't wrestle enough. To make new stars, you got to put over your older ones. I, said that. I actually said that backwards, but you got to beat somebody to become somebody. Right.
1: And here's the odd thing. The only thing they did when they had Cena beating Rusev at WrestleMania – um, and you also "Listen, of course, the three consecutive pay-per-view losses." But the first one was at at WrestleMania 31 when Rusev came out in the tank, and he was riding a, a winning streak. And with Cena beating him, it just sucked all the air right out of his sails.
2: Well, out of his sails and the and to what? That WrestleMania was not only Rusev's sales, it was the entire building.
1: Yeah. Even though it was outdoors, but
2: yeah.
0: So,
1: where where do you want to start with your list, number five? Well, my number five, because uh, we named her number five, and um, my number five was actually when he beat Rey Mysterio in 2011 because Ray had literally just won the title that day at that event. Now, I'm trying to remember the actual event itself, but he had just won at that event because that's when CM Punk walked out and just left the title. The title was up for grabs, basically. It was vacant. And what? There was no reason to have Cena beat. Mysterio got the title. Feel-good moment. Uh, Let's give it to Cena now instead. So, Ray held the title for, what, two hours?
2: So, overall, you got to look back to that one and realize it was Cena and Punk. It was. They should have done the summer of Punk, and he should have been away longer than he was. And it needed to be seen up putting over Punk to elevate him and make him the star he should have been. Beating Ray Mysterio was not going to do that. Booking-wise, that should be the right call.
1: But not on the same night. If they'd have done it even a, a few weeks later, Hey, fine, but they took away Ray's mama. Ray's Ray Mysterio. He's kind of gotten screwed over a couple times where they say, "Okay, we're going to let you have the title, but for about a
2: day." But and, for that one, for that one in particular, was not gone very long. They rushed. They rushed that angle that is not being patient and letting things develop. They rushed that because the ratings were low. And that, it, it was to pop a rating and to bring punk out at the end. But like I said, they've been popping a
1: rating with John Cena now. That was 10 years ago. And they've been using him just to pop that rating just to, get the, the feel-good moment now and not looking at the long-term. Hot-shotting. Pop-in rating or hot shot, and whatever you want to call it. Uh, but to me, the hot-shotting piece is part of why they've been having the issues now, especially since Cena hasn't actually wrestled since, what, WrestleMania last year when he and Bray Wyatt had another WrestleMania match only. This one was the weird cinematic match.
2: Yeah, and that that was a uh, good match. Like it wasn't it wasn't the Undertaker AJ Styles.
1: I'm not real big on the cinematic matches, but the Undertaker and AJ. That one looked more like a fight, which is what I would want to see. It didn't have a bunch of magic tricks.
2: But anyway, but you, you have that on the list of Cena burials. I That didn't even register because even as champion... Ray Mysterio, being so little, he's ne- never never going to get a shot in WWE as the the champion. Yeah. Whereas you, he, he, Bruce at WrestleMania, he didn't just beat him at WrestleMania. For the next two pay-per-views, he also beat them. Beat him. So he won the first one before WrestleMania, Rusev did. Cena beats him at WrestleMania, and the following two pay-per-views, which killed the Rusev character.
1: Wasn't the last one, the flag match? Yeah. Where the winner got to raise a flag would make no sense whatsoever. Because I was thinking, don't y'all know what a flag match is? Yeah, it's basically capture the flag. They're trying to go get the other one's flag. But anyway, y'all need to watch some old old Mid-Atlantic. The flag matches with Ricky Steamboat and the late Don Cronodo. I don't know if remember if we actually discussed him last week, Kyle, or not, because he actually passed away last Monday. But, um, but like you said, we didn't – yeah, we said no deaths this week. So technically I guess it was right. But they actually had flag matches against Ivan and Nikita Koloff. They had the American flag in one corner. They had the Soviet Union flag in the other, and the winner would get the other one's flag. Yeah, yeah, that's a flag match, not you won. Go raise your flag. What? Uh, you just you know that 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 was stupid. Anyway, but. I, I get what you're saying, though, about Ray, because they said he was never going to be champion or not going to have much of a run as champion because of his size. Because Vince, Vince McMahon doesn't like small. He likes
2: big. And, and and Vince always liked big. And like Randy Orton said on the Kurt Angle podcast, if Randy Orton didn't get in trouble, Ray would have never won the title at WrestleMania in honor of Eddie Guerrero. Randy Orton would have won.
1: Ah, uh, no. So I don't know if I'd agree with that one or not, but then again, I'm also not sitting on the board.
2: And so Ray Mysterio, even now, like, he's lucky he's in a tag team with his son. But a smaller wrestler is not going to get the push of a Cena.
1: Well, as we were sitting here talking about this, someone who's literally laying right next to me texted me. This is someone who, who supposedly does not keep up with wrestling. But this person texted me and said, AJ Styles is small.
2: It, AJ Styles is champion everywhere he went, And even AJ Styles at 210, 220 pounds dwarfs Rey Mysterio. God, Rey Mysterio.
1: <laughs> That's bad.
2: If you ever watch Rey
1: Mysterio when he bounces off the ropes, he actually bounces off the bottom two ropes.
2: That's it. I, he, I have body. Bigger than Rey Mysterio. <laughs> um, your, your mullet, your, your beard is bigger than Rey Mysterio. It's not a mullet; it's a scullet. It's still part of the mullet family. Maybe a cousin. But Charlotte Flair is longer, bigger than Rey Mysterio. The Charlotte Flair's what? Teeth? Her hips He's never he he could fly but with all the knee injuries, all the different things that have happened because of his size. He he got a little bit of a giant killer gimmick, he got a little bit of the Eddie Guerrero tribute. But that that could have been Chavo just as easily. And if in hindsight, maybe it should have been.
1: Yeah, that in a way it made that would make sense because obviously, actual family, blood family. But I think it was the feel good, uh, the feel good moment that left the fans watching WrestleMania that year. I think that's maybe been the reason why they went for it. But Vincent McMahon also was like, it ain't going to last long because wasn't it the very next night that Ray lost the title?
2: It, it wasn't very long. Right. And, so, and, so did Cena really bury him? Maybe. Oh, you know what?
1: You have a point there. Cena was just the method of which they did it.
2: But so it, it it's it's truly incredible. He's won. Rey Mysterio has won three world titles in WWE. Honestly, um, but his reign has not been the longest in history. Like his combined time is not very long.
1: So, you're saying he's like Dusty Rhodes?
2: Oh, he's what Dusty
1: Rhodes has for him. Yeah, because, you know, Dusty may have held the NWA world title three times, but I think total cumulative time, it may be two and a half months that he held it.
2: So, unlike Rusev, Like, I I don't see where Cena buried Ray. That's almost the counter to one of these that comes up. It's hard to tell what was Cena and what was WWE Vince McMahon booking. Well, what about your number four? My number four, and, and... how many money in the bank winners have failed to cash in? It's
1: either two or three, because I know and with your your number four, Corbin, and I thought there was one more. Well, and, if you and if you want to include Otis, but Otis technically he lost the briefcase, so he never actually cashed in. Anyway, go ahead. It, it's something
2: like twenty and two and the first Money in the Bank winner to lose a cash-in was the savior of the masses, Damien Sandel. And this knocked him out of the main event. The potential he showed made him a comedy jobber. At the conclusion, he's not even wrestling on main television right now. He's with the NWA. Power hour. Right. As Aaron uh, Stevens. And I, I think the, the missed opportunity here. The fans were behind Damian Sandow. What is the sound in your
1: background? I have no idea. That's just the
2: fan that's blowing right in the microphone. Hold on. Oops, wrong way. Damian Sandow had all the momentum. He had the fans starting to cheer for him. the 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 hard thing as I researched this is whether or not he was the Miz's Body Double before this or after this because my memory's a little fuzzy with that one. But well, I have his Wikipedia pulled up right now. I want to say he was with Cody Rhodes first, and. Split from Cody Rhodes before this cash in, and became the Miz's stunt double. After that,
1: Uh, looking, looking, looking. I believe he became the stand-in after that. He did
2: it was so, after that i seen a loss where he didn't look like there's a way you can lose and still get over but he didn't he didn't benefit from the loss the way he cashed in uh, made it kind of predictable he was going to lose And it, it just knocked him – it knocked him out two years he was gone. Well, because, so,
1: well I know you're real big on, on Damian Sandow, and I know he was pretty popular with the fan. He was kind of like the way Daniel Bryan was in a way except for with – no offense to Damian Sandow, Daniel Bryan, his talent level is uh, heads and shoulders above almost everybody. And so the fans getting behind Daniel Bryan are actually like the fans getting behind Kofi Kingston in a way. I, but Kofi Kingston holding the title, I could see, I can't honestly see Damian Sandow winning the world title, being that person who's putting the company on their back. But, Correct me if I'm wrong, and you make the thing different. I,
2: I think he had the character, extolling his virtues. I think he had the character that could have made him a star. And and, and that's the hard thing. Cena at this point was still holding down people that could challenge his throne. Like I said, second coming of Hulk Hogan. Brother. Brother. So your number four.
1: My number four, well, we've already talked about my number four because my number four was, um, oh, never mind. I'm, I'm looking at mine backwards. I'm sorry. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens was the NXT champion and then he showed up and challenged John Cena and beat him. And it was a huge deal. It's like, whoa, who's this this guy who's still in NXT? And he just came up and he challenged the big dog. And I know Reigns has got the big dog. We know we're talking the biggest dog in the yard was still John Cena. And, This NXT guy, this this kind of chubby NXT guy, came up and beat him. And then they had their rematch, and Cena beat Owens. And then they have what should be the rubber, well, what's they're calling the rubber match. And Cena beat him again, and it kind of took Owens down some. Now, I do believe that, yes, Cena should have still put him over. And because it did it, – Owens, I mean, obviously he's gone on to do good things since then. But it did slow down his momentum by a lot. Just like what we were saying about Rusev. Rusev did do some things later on, but not nearly as much as what he probably could have done. But all of a sudden, he's going, 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 boom, done. Because, you know, you're only as good as your last opponent, and you're only as good as your last victory. And it almost made Owens beating Cena just look like a fluke. He just happened to get lucky once.
2: And that's why I put him in that spot there. And and, and that's the hard thing, looking at Kevin Owens – how much do you think his appearance sets him back? In Vince McMahon's eyes, quite a bit.
1: Because VKM doesn't like Chubby. And Kevin Owens, I mean, he, Kevin Owens looks like a normal, everyday guy. If you were to see him walking down the street, you wouldn't point at him and say, oh, that guy right there, uh, the guy he looks like, He's been working on a construction site all day. Yeah, he's actually a wrestler. To me, I mean, he's more down to earth. To me, he looks normal. He looks like somebody, you know, you'd see. uh, He looks like on the show Roseanne, the character that, what's his face? The husband. Dan. Dan, yes. That's who Kevin Owens reminds me of. And not only that, but Kevin Owens outside the ring is also a family man. Little named Kevin Steen, where Owens comes from, he named his son Owen after Owen Hart. So that's why he took the name Kevin Owens. And he just—he looks like what Vince McMahon would would say he will—he kind of looks like a slob. Is the talent level there? Can people get behind him? Yes. And I think. Him losing the way he did It was only two pay-per-views in a row Instead of the three But I think that hurt his momentum but It just made it look like a fluke
2: Well, it's it's The way he lost Right Because Cena submitted him To the ugliest SPF Outside of anything Eric Watts Ever did in the wrestling ring
1: You know Eric Watts was the first person I ever remember seeing do the STF. I didn't think Eric, Eric Watts did a bad job of it, but like I said, I was also the first one I ever saw. You're right. Seen as STF I've never,
2: ever liked. But – and so when any time – because it, it was fight, Owen's fight back right. then – and the man gave up and it wasn't through shenanigans or anything that allows the heat to pass over. He gave up the head and tap, but the, the hard thing are the justification that Cena buried him is or did not put over is the way he lost?
1: If they would have had Kevin Owens pass out, and I'm glad they don't do that too often. I mean, I w- I will say that. You can't use that too many times or it it just takes away from it. But if you would have had him pass out from the pain, because Cena had already put him in an STF, Owens got out of it. He put him in the well, not the FU anymore. <laughs> I tried to call it the old name. Um, his move, what's that goofy-looking slam that Cena does, which is supposed to be... It was the FU, but now it's the attitude adjustment. Att- attitude adjustment, the AA. Put him in the attitude adjustment. Kicked out. Put him in the attitude adjustment from the top rope. Kicked out. But so he's wearing him out. So it would almost make sense, okay, you've worn this guy out. You've just pounded and pounded and pounded, and, okay, his body finally just passed out from the pain. But he never gave up. To have him, boom! like you said, the way it was done, the way it was written, the way they had Kevin Owens, who went from looking tough
2: to all of a sudden, oh, I'm sorry, I give up. And – And that's the thing about all Sina discussions here is it's like they never wanted to elevate anyone above him. Here you can come close or near his level, but that's kind of it. Right. Goes into, um, my number three and the discussion here. This actually starts with merchandise, and this might be a WWE issue, that or it might be a Cena issue. We don't know, but the argument that he buried Ryback in 2012 to 2013 over merchandise, so this starts over merchandise. Ryback was actually outselling John Cena in T-shirt sales. think a company that wants to make money would promote the, the one that's selling. But they do not. They, in turn, produce more Cena shirts... And start bringing fewer Ryback shirts to the arena to make Cena appear more popular. This is the same as the anti-Hogan effect, the early 90s. I know in my household, my brother wanted all Ultimate Warrior stuff. And... Ryback had a had a character. The "Feed me more" slogan.
1: Yeah, my son loved that one. The "Feed me more."
2: He absolutely right. loved that one. Something I want to chant at a uh, Golden Corral buffet if I was allowed in the one um, near near where I live. But that's the yeah. story. Uh. I would never walk into Golden Corral
1: again, but that's another story. Uh, a story I'll tack on to your story whenever we get some time.
2: Oh, no. I'm legitimately banned from the restaurant. Oh, yeah. you we'll
1: would definitely have to tell that story on a future episode or if we have time at the end of this episode.
2: Oh, no. It's not podcast-friendly.
1: Okay, well, you'll, you'll have to just call me and tell me the story or email me the story. You'll have to tell me the story, Kyle.
2: Inquiring minds yeah. want to know. Yeah, it, it's it's about a hefty family eating all the fried shrimp and not sharing it with the other members of the restaurant. How big and were they? Uh, really, like – the clumps big. Oh from, wow! Like all, all three members of the family were really big, and they kept going and grabbing the tray of sh- fried shrimp and taking the whole. It to their,
1: just the whole tray. The whole
2: tray. Like I never
1: got. <laughs> oh, oh no! Uh-uh. I'd be going to their. I'd be going to their table and picking it back up. That's just, that's how I am.
2: So. The first time I made commentary and I I was with a bunch of people that were fighting and I I was as well. And the second time they went up and grabbed the shrimp, I asked if they wanted a salt lick for their table. (laughs) (laughs) So... I may have offended them, and then uh, when the third tray came out, the woman woman broke her chair getting up. Are you serious? I'm serious. And she's on her back like a turtle, and I'm laughing hysterically, and it's so wrong in hindsight, but I was
1: (laughs) –
2: uh, I'm I laughing
1: just thinking about it.
2: And the the guy comes over. He goes, "You gonna help me get her up?" And you go, "Hell no! I don't want to hurt my back."
0: <laughs>
2: and I have a I have a legitimate reason because at that size and the velocity that she went down, she probably hurt herself. And I go, we shouldn't touch her because she probably needs medical attention. Right, and if you start moving her
1: and you end up causing more damage, then unfortunately in this age of CYA, you don't want to have yourself get sued. Even if it is a good the Good Samaritan laws, but people find a way around those as well.
2: So – I wasn't touching anything. I I had already – I mean, I got tears rolling down my face. And legitimately, she probably needs medical attention. The husband's not helping. The child's not – I mean, the child ate the whole time. Never stopped.
1: (laughs) 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 Uh, In other words, he's like Dudley Dursley in the Harry Potter stuff. Oh, when, it, when everything's, it, yeah, when everything's blowing up around him and he's still scarfing down like chocolate cake and stuff. <laughs> and,
2: and so they, they call the the paramedics and the paramedics trained with us too. They, they come to different classes. We had four classes a week and the guy that was showing up, c- shows up with the cart and he looks at me and he thinks I did it. Really? And it, and I go, No, I have nothing to do with this one.
0: But oh, that gurney
2: <laughs> I go, that gurney's not gonna cut it. So they they strap her for her protection and they put her on the board and we we did after she was strapped, like it took six of us to get off get her off the ground. So you did help there. Well, hold on put her on the gurney and the gurney broke. She weighed more than the gurney would, could handle. <laughs> which oh made my. me laugh. Which made me laugh more. And they had to bring out a hydraulic gurney. And we only had one in the county with this ambulance company. They brought out, it was like a forklift of gurneys, and this thing, <laughs> and I am dying. <laughs> I'm dying right now, listening to her. They get her out, like the kid never stopped. And and the husband, like, they can't get them both in the ambulance because that wouldn't have been fair to the ambulance tires. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, they pay the – basically, they do the bill. The manager comps their bill. And the manager comes over to my table after we're all done. He's picking up the chair and all that. And he goes, the stress. That that woman had to put on her chair, knowing that you were about to get some of that shrimp, caused her to fall what and I go no, Newton's law of gravity her to fall. <laughs> <laughs> and, and okay. what like it's not fair to the wood and because she she needed like one of the There's just certain chairs that big people need. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's certain mechanical features that a chair has to have, like titanium support beams. (laughs) (laughs) And the chair had the dot. And he goes, well, you making fun of it? Like, I wasn't the only one banned. But I've not went back to Golden Corral in 11 years. And everyone that was at the table, when we meet someone, I have to tell the story in its fullness because this is the family-friendly version because (laughs) that's not even close to how bad it was. Oh, Oh, wow. I was getting mad. I was legitimately hot that they kept taking the trays of shrimp. I like, mean,
1: not just walking up and, and like having like a scoop and putting it on their plate and walking. They just grabbed the entire tray. Yeah. And the restaurant was letting them get away with this, which oddly oh, uh, I, I not I, I could actually see it. It would,
2: it would not surprise me. And I mean, because I hate Golden Corral to begin with. I hate Ryan's buffet because Ryan's buffet was trash. Um, I like Sizzler, but in hindsight, Sizzler was also trash too. But Golden Corral, is, oh, I hate it. Well, the uh, go ahead. <laughs> but the <laughs> the mechanical motorized gurney and <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm I'm understating this. <laughs> the, the tires that were on that thing, those those were like little ATV tires. <laughs> <laughs> those were those were not normal tires. I was in tears.
1: <sighs> if you all right, if you look like that don't go out in public and eat like that.
2: You know, oh, that's all well, I can say. There was a guy with me that weighed 400 pounds. Oh, good gracious. But we didn't grab the, the trays of food. Like, we didn't grab, like, buckets and overindulge. At these, like, they had just started doing fried shrimp. And you know, I couldn't imagine what crab legs and other things that they have done. <laughs> what the... Oh, um, boy, it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's was <what> the funny <laughs> story
2: <laughs> <hurt them> <laughs> it, it has been, like, almost 13 years since that happened, and I'm still hot. Like retelling the story.
1: Um. Well, before we get back to Ryback, I will say the Golden Corral nearest to where we live. This is what's caused us to say we will never eat at a Golden Corral again. Thankfully, it's actually closed down. It closed down last year when COVID started shutting everything down, and I don't think it's going to reopen my sister in law was in there, and she went to the salad you know the big the big salad bowl they have and she saw some little black bugs crawling around the salad and huh. she told yeah, she told one of the workers, "Hey, I've got bugs in the salad," and they said oh all all salad bars have that no and I'm looking at my wife right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, honey. She got up and they just left their plates right there and walked out, and have never been back, and we have never been back. And, and oh, they called corporate, and corporate sided with the restaurant.
2: Well, what they need to do is what I did: going and corral, and you wouldn't want to go back anyway. Because we we also have a Western Sizzling, okay. State and one of my son's friends did a graduation party there, and he goes, "You want to go?" And he goes, "No, just give him the card with money. Can't, I can't do it." <laughs> <laughs> like, like we we have friends. It's from that time period. And the the story is like I I I really do undersell it on a family friendly podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I, because I was saying things to the table, I was cutting wrestling promos, I was living.
1: Going and Corral have a Twitter. <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm thinking about tagging him going. Y'all need to listen to this. <laughs> oh,
2: y'all, y'all, y'all suck. suck. And the manager, uh, and he goes, "Are you going to help her up?" No, I don't want to hurt my back. <laughs> and, <sighs> oh, it was it was terrible. Ooh, yeah, they're at but,
1: Golden Corral anyway.
2: <laughs> but just as ridiculous as the Tina's stories. But the the Ryback burial, he not not that he's Mister Positivity. No, uh,
1: I mean yeah, Ryback. He's I, I, I almost feel bad for him, but I'm going. But I'm also thinking if you're going to say something stupid like the way he's been acting lately, you know, my sympathy only goes so far. But I mean, I like I I like Ryback. And I like to feed me more. My son loved it. In fact, we even made, we, we actually make kind of made fun of it a little bit, say, feed me s'mores. And, yeah, but I, I get they said Ryback actually hurt guys. That was CM Punk's accusation. I always take anything CM Punk says with a grain of salt, though, I will admit. If Ryback is out, if his merchandise is outselling Cena and Cena is whining about it, this is when the WWE needs to say, Oh, well, shut up and color. We are a business. We are here to make money. If he is making money, that's what we're going to stick with. Think about it. I mean, just because, just because the man sells him on merchandise, because the people may have actually liked the merchandise, it doesn't necessarily mean they want him to be the world champion, maybe U.S. and Intercontinental, but I mean, that means I like him, but Cena was still the man's just because they weren't – maybe they've already bought everything as Cena's they wanted to get. Right, but anyway,
2: so yeah, you you have all that, and the matches from 2012 to 2013, three consecutive pay-per-view losses in a row. Every time Ryback would get heated up, Cena would cut him off, and like. Didn't want the guy to replace him. And he may or may not be a terrible human being in the back. I I don't know Ryback personally, but he he seems like a whiner on his podcast.
1: Yeah, that unfortunately, because he did that survey, he said, what should I do next and everybody voted overwhelmingly for him to retire. And I was like, man, you don't, uh, sometimes don't put yourself out there like that. Then he can make, I'm serious guys. What should I do? I was like, dude, just, just chill, (laughs) you know, just stop. So anyway, uh, I just sent you a text by the way and I got it.
2: Okay. Respond to that real fast. All right. But your number three,
1: my number three, and my number three is also on your list. Um, Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania thirty. So, for
2: for those listening, your number three is my number two. Right. Go ahead and justify your side. We'll see if we agree here. Bray
1: Wyatt at the time was one of the hottest things since Sunburn. The Wyatt family, they were fast becoming one of the best heel factions ever. It kind of reminded me of Kevin Sullivan back in the days of his, um, um, I guess, the Ministry of Darkness, his flock, all that. They were very mysterious. He almost looked like. The bad guy out of the movie Cape Fear, and I think that's what they were kind of going for. Even at that WrestleMania, they had the band who actually wrote his theme music. He's one of the rare cases where it was not Jim Johnson or any of the other, other WWE music composers who actually wrote his theme music. It was actually a song he happened to find. And the WWE did buy the rights for that, but they still had that band come and perform his music. That's how over he was. And he looked indestructible. And then they had Cena just beat him. And so, and it was beginning, at- the beginning of the Wyatt family starting to lose, but that was, of course, it was Cena
2: who started it. And I don't disagree with what you're saying here, but Flash, the best thing WWE had done on Raw in ten years, was Bray Wyatt and those kids singing "I Got the Whole Wide World in My Hands"? Yes, the most creepiest tone before WrestleMania. Yes,
1: that to me. I mean, that one still. If you if you were going to say not necessarily a good promo. But if you were to say you want to see something as part of an angle that will make you you make your hair just stand on the end, it'll just give you goosebumps, watch that one. Because it makes Bray Wyatt just look like he is this evil, evil, just indestructible, almost like a cult leader. And, and then they just buried him.
2: And it's and, not been the same since. And that was it. That's why it's so high on the list. Is what did what did it do for Cena to beat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania that year? Uh, well, the match itself.
1: The match itself was actually decent, and there was one part when Cena was going to go for his his five-knuckle shuffle, which is also one of the stupidest moves known to man. But as soon as he went to come off the ropes, that's when Bray did his spider walk. He did the, I don't know what, for lack of term, you know, like the reverse push-up in a way where he did the back bridge. And Cena just kind of stopped because he didn't know what to do. And they should have just kind of kept it going from there,
2: but they didn't. And and this booking trend has continued for, for years. Bray Wyatt could have easily beaten Cena and carried on all the way to WrestleMania the next year and taken on the Undertaker.
1: Yeah,
0: because
1: I thought Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker made sense, considering the evolution of their characters. Uh, And Undertaker at the tail end of it, obviously. But Bray Wyatt, it could have been kind of the passing of the mantle on that one, because The Undertaker had the creepy, dark character once upon a time. Now Bray Wyatt's got the creepy, dark character. Instead, no, it was... You, you know, the be what they're saying now is Wyatt can't win at pay per views, and yes, we know it's all for a determined script or whatever. But either way, Bray Wyatt, the, the Wyatt family wins, except for pay per views when it counts. And this was and, the
2: beginning of that. And that goes to the argument. Well, he can win on Raw because no one's watching that. And see, see that, that, that that doesn't do it for me. That doesn't do it for my brother. It, it's it's just like the house shows someone's got to win, someone's got to lose, and even if it's not recorded, it's still the record, the win-loss is still available. But imagine WrestleMania. They already previewed it during Raw to get you to buy the pay-per-view. And all these kids come out and turn on Cena at WrestleMania, yeah, and he he's deep, he's controlling the kids and, and you have a the ultimate heel character and it it's the same thing they've managed to mess up with the fiend. they've jobbed the fiend out so many times that. Like, he's not even entertaining anymore. And uh, what
1: with, with what they had him do at this past WrestleMania, where Alexa Bliss is with him, and then all of a sudden she just has this black tar coming out of the top of her head, and it was never made clear, did she turn on The Fiend or turn on Bray, or, or did she... They they didn't really say what happened, but it was a distraction, and, and Orton won. Blah blah blah. The second time, Wyatt, Bray Wyatt has actually lost a match to Orton at a WrestleMania, and of course, the first one was at uh, what thirty two, when they had the the projection of the maggots on the on the wrestling oh. mat. Another awful, yeah. But that one was another one. Why? Why? And so this may also fall in the category of is it Cena bearing them or is it the WWE bearing them, but it just happens to be Cena's the beginning of it. And coincidence, coincidence, Cena happens to be the beginning of a lot of them. And, well, this was actually one, and like you said, you have it as your number two. I, I could have easily had it as my number two as well. But the reason I think I put it at number three was because Wyatt did go on later on to win the world title, unexpectedly. But he did win it because then the memes came out and, you know, the champ that carries the lamp. But so, yeah, it it did stop his momentum, but he did kind of recover some of it just to turn around and lose it again. But, um, but yeah, but that was my reasoning for putting him on the list and where I did.
2: And I, I think he won the title, but still never redeemed his momentum.
1: Not to where, not to the point where it was. No.
2: So what was your number two?
1: My number two was your number five. Rusev at WrestleMania 31. Why is it higher for you there? Because it killed the momentum Rusev could have had. And later on, Rusev actually became, speaking of merchandise, Rusev accidentally became one of the biggest faces they had in the company. It was all about Rusev Day, and it was all about Lana. Lana. And he had Aiden English as kind of his second, and Aiden English was actually doing the talking for him, which is kind of funny because Rusev actually doesn't need somebody to talk for him. Rusev is, hes a funny guy, and that was actually starting to come out in his promos. But this killed his momentum, and like you said, you know, the next few pay-per-views it killed him, and so he went from. Being old school, uh, old school bad guy, old school foreign bad guy, which they also had to change that because they had him being from Russia, and his Bulgarian countrymen were not; they were not thrilled with that
2: because yeah, I mean, he's
1: part of the Russian
2: Federation, right?
1: You know, they were. Like they was like them were trying to, uh, they were trying to forget that they were treated like a puppet state by the old Soviet Union. And then here is, yeah, and I'm pretty sure he didn't walk into the WWE offices and say, "Hey, make me from Russia." No, that was somebody else's idea. But either way, it it just it killed his momentum, and he never. Regain enough because I think Rusev could have actually held the world or or universal title at some point, and he never did. And that's why I think because it killed more of the momentum. That's actually why I put him put it ahead of uh, of Bray.
2: Makes sense. Yeah, but the the one thing with the Rusev character splitting and off from him ruined him, changing him from Bulgaria, taking away his first name. Alexander Rousseff. Killed his momentum. But it all starts somewhere. So, before we get to our number one, which we tied for number one, which we did tie, but Backstage, who is the person Tina is most directly responsible for burying or not putting over? I I would like burying, honestly.
1: Or just playing, just screwing over? Yeah. Uh, Well... It is actually not even a male wrestler. It's actually a female wrestler.
2: Um, Mickey James for a hundred. Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: Because he had a thing with Mickey James and then broke it off so he could supposedly marry his childhood sweetheart, which that didn't
2: last long either. Um no, no, no. marry his childhood sweetheart. And kept his relationship with and Mickey James. kept exactly.
1: He was having an affair with Mickey James. Later on, he was uh, there's rumors he was also having an affair with a porn star. Not, never and proven. Never proven. You know, it was it was just just a rumor. And that right there, because Mickey James, well. She was kind of gone for a while, and then eventually she did come back, and she did pretty pretty decent when she came back. Well, of course, but this time, you know, she'd gotten married um, and had a couple of kids. And I think she actually stood pretty good, and she was just re-released again, but that has nothing to do with Cena. That just has, has something to do with the WWE, thinking that to save money, they got to release all the people who aren't making much money. But I believe some of the other people that have been kind of caught up in this, there's somebody like... A.J. Lee, I I, I don't think it necessarily hit her directly, but A.J. Lee used to have the record for the longest women's title reign. And all of a sudden it was John Cena's at the time girlfriend, later fiance, now ex-fiance, Nikki Bella, who
2: they just had to have her uh break that record. And and that seems like too much of a coincidence,
1: doesn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. And now part of that may have also been the WWE's doing because of who AJ Lee AJ Lee. A J Lee is married to because she's married to CM Punk. And this was during that time where CM Punk had just up and left the company and then they they fired him. They sent him the paper to fire him on his wedding day to AJ Lee, which to me, that that's too much of a coincidence. They know they knew the day he was getting married because AJ Lee had to have asked off. She had to make sure they didn't book her for those days. She was still at the company, so of course they knew.
2: And so, I'm going to go in a different direction than you because um, this is the story of much rumor in Indie But I would say the person he screwed over the most is Alex Riley. Riley comes from NXT Season 2. And he was the Miz's um, protege. Had all the char- charisma he had a gimmick where he was like a jock and he had a cheerleader come out and lead him to the ring called Cheerleader Melissa. And he was paired with The Miz and Alex Riley is actually in a WrestleMania main event in The Miz's corner against uh, John Cena With The Rock coming down. And he was pegged for superstardom once he broke away from The Miz. But he got into a backstage altercation with our favorite person here. And he got buried. Well, hold on he got trashed, then he got buried. And as far as I know, he's out of wrestling now. Alex right. let's look him up.
1: Okay, let's see. What, what's he doing now? What's he doing now? Da-ba-da-ba-da. Um... In 2019, he announced he would, be, he would be returning to wrestling through his Instagram, and that's the last thing the Wikipedia article
2: says. So, 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 who knows? He he's been inactive, according to pro wrestling fandom sites, but he he was money. Had the charisma, he could talk whatever happened with Cena in the back whether it be a girl like Nikki Bella or comment which is possible for anyone he was absolutely done
1: so in other words uh as far as our votes for Someone getting the the Sheena, the Cena shaft
2: outside the ring, Alex Riley. I I got Alex Riley, and someday there's going to be a book on it. Far, that book hasn't come out.
1: (laughs) Well, even Maria Kanellis, she's even stated before that Cena was uh, using his – his power, <laughs> excuse me, with the office to push the Bella Twins. Of course, you know, he's going to push Nikki, You might as well push Bree, too. for are pushing the Bella Twins above everybody else. I know some people are really high on the Bella Twins. To me, they were mid-card at best. And I know that's probably an unpopular opinion, but that's just what I feel. Yeah. But.
2: But. But. Our number one. Go ahead. All right, T.
1: Well, here's what's kinda of funny about this. It's my number one, it's your number one. And as soon as I tweeted yesterday about the podcast for people to listen to, I immediately received a reply from a friend Dwelin. He had he he replied to the tweet with one word Nexus. So that says, I don't think this was even going to be a question about which wrestlers Cena should have put over but did not. The number one was Cena against the Nexus Nexus, at Nexus at SummerSlam 2010.
2: And This is the seven-on-seven match. Right.
1: To have Cena knock out seven people... Well, not all seven, but, but to have Cena knock out as many people as what he did... It just... It just doesn't make sense to me. Barrett should have won that. One. Once again, how did Barrett lose?
2: Super Cena went three-on-one at the end and it beat them off, essentially. And what I said about Nexus in my notes, is He not only failed to create the next star, which would have been European, like legitimately British, and helped in that, those markets, killed an entire faction by refusing to put over Wade Barrett.
1: And there's no reason for it. And here's the funny thing about this. Also, um, this marks the second time somebody from uh, somebody actually shows up on your list. Sort of. One of the people in the Nexus was somebody named Skip Sheffield, who later on became Ryback. And you look at some of the other names on who were part of the Nexus: Darren Young, who's done good things; Heath Slater, the man's got kids. David Otunga, who's actually um, – he's done a lot of things. i <laughs> just kind of leave it at that. What was the purpose of having Cena do this? Once again, you bring up somebody from NXT, you push, 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 and all of a sudden Cena
2: pushes them right back down. Well, Cena, he was wrong, and he should have – because Jericho and Edge – told him to put over Wade Barrett and he chose not to
1: and this is one of the cases where Barrett gave Cena a DDT outside the ring and you know that used to be back in the day you did moves like that outside the ring and you were almost guaranteed a win because the person was knocked silly. In some cases, legitimately knocked out, like when Jake Roberts DDT'd Ricky the Dragon's steamboat on the concrete. He legitimately knocked him out, accidentally, but still. And for Cena to come back from that and then make Barrett submit to the STF did not make Cena look strong. It made Nexus look weak and it killed him.
2: But at least he actually owned up to that one. So that, that's the hard thing is what we see as fans is booking in hindsight but Cena himself said he was wrong and that if anyone Jericho tells the story that he sh- should have uh put over Barrett as well, and the wrestling landscape is a lot different
1: now Barrett is he is back with the company now, and he actually was he stayed with the company after that just not in not in the role he deserved.
2: Oh, without question.
1: And I will say, speaking of Wade Barrett, did see him at a house show in Cincinnati in, I believe it was December of 2014. It was myself and my wife and uh, some friends of ours. We went down to watch a house show, and Wade Barrett was actually part of it, and. There's somebody British to talk smack about the Bengals. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and because he said, yeah, we'll see more wins tonight than to what the Bengals have ever had or something like that because the Bengals, they were having a pretty rough
2: season that year. <laughs> but I loved it because I'm not a Bengals fan anyway. The, the other thing is Wade Barrett can tell a Brock Lesnar story. And, and that that the story he tells is really funny. All the wrestlers went to the gym, and Brock Lesnar walks in, and the whole gym gets quiet. And the kid's not interested in any of the other wrestlers, just Brock, and he's looking for him. Doesn't see him out in the main gym and follows him into the bathroom, and Leser, what are you doing, kid, trying to look at my, you know what? (laughs) So, yeah, I can imagine Leser getting kind of upset about that. Uh, Yeah.
1: Was that Wade Barrett who did that, or was that just some random kid who did it and Wade Barrett just told the story?
2: Yeah, Wade Barrett just told the story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but really funny. Mm. But that the the whole SummerSlam, they bring Daniel Bryan out to help out and like Wig Wade, Wade Barrett had everything as a wrestler does
1: I'm wondering if
2: he'll ever come out of commentary
1: um is he nursing an injury? because I know he's actually been injured in the past is is it a case of that maybe he's not been cleared
2: I, I don't know
1: uh, i looking 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 Okay, and apparently he was in a movie called Dead Man Down, which he was required to have a New York accent. I have got to see that just to hear that. And he used to date Alicia Fox.
2: Story in itself as well.
1: And he became a naturalized U.S. citizen this past January.
2: Because uh, she... She actually told the story on WWE
1: Divas. The ne- show. Never watched it.
2: You're missing out, man.
1: I'll take my chances. Although I will say, one, I think a missed opportunity they had with not just Wade Barrett, but also with Rusev. And Alberto Del Rio and Sheamus was when they had the League of Nations. That, was, that could have been great. But they messed it up. But anyway, Kyle, there is one story I was just waiting for you to tell at the beginning of the episode, and I got to ask you to tell it now if if you can, unless there are some people who may not want you to tell the story. What happened this weekend at your football game?
0: It's the
2: best. <laughs> so. I've dealt with many issues as a administrator for what is supposed to be Christian flag football and for Christian basketball, amongst other things. That league is not available, so I have been playing county ball, and this is nine-man flag, and I was showing someone the bruises I have from what is flag football it is full contact body body on body flag football with no pads no helmet but there's a lot of contact so it's 90 92 degrees on the field sunday and i guess the heat just does things to fat people Yeah. Um he, the the attitudes that were were out there were just uh, unbelievable all day. So I go over there early to get ap- acclimated to the heat and I'm listening to the sideline and the league administrators the head referee are one of the referees for the day's games and they're he's making very questionable bias calls so okay there is supposed to be a behavioral standard Certain words should not be said by anyone. So why is it one team can say it and the other team gets penalized for it? You're talking swear words and certain racial words.
1: Oh, okay.
2: So they're supposed to be banned. As they should be. And And they're, they're going back and forth, and these two guys that are wide receiver and cornerback are just going at it, and, and they're talking to each other. And there's, there's a bang-bang play on the sideline. Both guys go for the ball. No one catches it. The defender lands on top of the wide receiver, and – he calls a, a roughing penalty. He's got an issue with that team's coach. And the whole sideline, and we've got 30, 35 dudes on the sideline, the whole sideline is going off.
1: Like 35 dudes are just on your
2: team or 35 dudes on, total, both teams? On their team. On their team? So there's 70 guys total. The roster is 35 on each team. Okay? And he's chirping back at them. And he's very emotional. So someone, someone, the coach who owns the team, goes to ask the head referee, what's going on? Why am I getting penalized? and he gets 15 more yards for asking the question. Then he tells his team to get back because the referee is extra sensitive today, and he got thrown out of the game. Oh. So the running back who was playing corner, he says something, and he gets thrown out of the game. And now he's like a major league umpire just going at it. And when you get thrown out of the game, you're supposed to leave the field, right? But we're in a park where you're nowhere near your car. And he said, if this guy doesn't leave within 15 seconds, you guys forfeit the game. And it's over. And they could not leave. Or everyone he ejected couldn't leave. So he, he called the game. And ended the game like four minutes early. With playing clock time. What was the score at the time? Oh, it was 28 to, well, 20, 26 to 14 Elm or are you? Oh no, it wasn't my team. So I'm sitting. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sitting fifteen feet away from the referees, and the game's over. There's nothing at stake, and the coach goes over and says, "What's going on? Why do you why do you do this? Have this bias against my team?" And the Administrator referee, f you, f your team, and this, that, and the other, and it's just getting ridiculous. This guy is a wide receiver who owns this team. Wide receiver cornerback is your size in the military. The referee looks at him and he goes, "You, you fat." B word, and I mean, this guy's tiny, and he goes, "Why don't we take this out of the parking lot?" Because I'm gonna go kick your, you know what? And I go, I actually got up. And I turned my chair to watch it all. Did you just popcorn? Oh no, not before a game. But okay. I was gonna watch. I was gonna watch to see if I would have to get involved and this guy just goes off and the referee the whole time this is the the commissioner of the league who is going off on the owner of one of his teams and threatening to fight him and beat him up in the parking lot and I'm I'm sitting here telling my team don't say much to the referee because he's real sensitive to this. And this went on for 40 minutes. Wow. So um, I'm truly at a loss um, for the one thing that has come with football is there is adult drama yeah and there is a lot of uh there's a lot of emotional reactions from men and it's it's fun and all but the emotional stuff is brutal
1: Yeah, that's one of the things I noticed. I know it's not football. Actually, I I noticed it playing flag football in the military too. Um, But mostly playing softball was some people, they take sports, even as adults, they don't remember that sometimes it is a game. And I do realize, I mean, obviously, you know, you do get emotionally invested, especially when you're playing and you put forth a lot of effort into it, and you don't make it screwed over. And I've actually seen – where uh, umpires, well, we we actually it's kind of the same thing. We actually had to forfeit a game because an umpire kicked out our coach and then another guy, and it left us with not enough people to play. And so we had to forfeit the game because of that. But when they get emotionally invested in that, and it, that that makes me not want to play. You know, and granted, I mean, I, I don't play now because I. I don't know if I could handle um, because my body just can't take much anymore. That makes sense because the last time I played flag football, uh, I was thirty. See, this was in two thousand nine, so I was thirty six, and I got in the backfield. You know, I was chasing this guy. You know, the running back got in the backfield, and then he cut, and then I cut. Except for, I probably shouldn't have tried to cut. Because that's what I pulled in the groin muscle and I was done. That was the end of my football playing days.
2: Yeah, I I make sure I stretch. I've been doing all sorts of conditioning stuff. I get bruised but I my legs don't hurt.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what I was thinking, trying to think that I could run and keep <laughs> keep up with this yeah, he was probably maybe 21, 22 at the most. Uh, he was a cop. You know, We, uh, we were playing uh, the Security Forces Squadron. Yeah, and he cut, and I tried cutting with him, and, yeah, they, I should have known better. And I stretched and everything before the game, it would, so it wasn't even really that. It was just that particular thing, and it was like, oh, I'm done. And now with the arthritis and everything, it's just – I have a feeling my playing days are over, Period. I like to go out and play cash with my son and I actually helped uh, coach his baseball team a few years ago, but, but he's not really into uh, sports anyway. You know, not anymore. So, uh, so we don't even really do that anymore. But yes, I do know what you're talking about where men, you men, they do get very emotional over um, the sporting events and especially when they're the ones playing in them and their adrenaline and their endorphins is running
2: pretty high. Oh no, and, there's there's straight like teammate drama. Oh, that coach, uh, and it's a lot. Yep, and it's a game.
1: They're all games. And that's what it comes down to, is they're all games. And so. I'm I'm glad that that you were just a witness to it, and that you weren't actually participating in it, thankfully.
2: Oh, I, I was nearly positive that because on, on the line, if you get called for keep tech penalties, that I I would have said something and I would have been the next next one. He didn't call anything. He's relaxed for our game. I don't know what, but. I I don't know how the, the guy went after him and didn't didn't get beat up. <laughs> uh, honestly, I really don't.
1: Well, just remember, if something like this happens again and you're right there, just do us all a favor and remember to record it, and then remember to turn your phone sideways because it, it tends to get a better video that way.
2: And you got to yell out "World Star."
1: And you got to yell out "World Star" because that's what you do. And you got to kind of look at the look at the camera when you do it. You go "World Star," World Star. But so next week is Memorial Day, and we decided Kyle, we're going to do a year in review of the actual podcast because. We have now hit, uh, well, almost hit, let me actually look at my list here to see when the very first episode was, it was on the 16th of June last year. So Memorial Day, with it being a holiday, you know what, close enough, we'll call it the year in review for the podcast.
2: Sounds good, man.
1: Yep, and we really hope everyone who has listened to us over this past year, we hope you've enjoyed it, because we know we've had listeners uh, overseas as well, Uh, in the UK mostly, even though our listener base has dropped. I don't know if you saw that, Kyle. But our base used to be a little bit higher, now all of a sudden it's dropped. However, we've also had listeners in Australia and New Zealand, India, Malaysia, Taiwan, Argentina, Norway, or no, I'm sorry, it was Norway, it was Sweden. And we had a little bit of a listener base in Canada, but unfortunately, we met the person who was our biggest supporter in Canada, unfortunately, is not with us. Um, that will we'll also uh, be speaking of that. But we appreciate all the listeners. I I do get feedback from some people, locally, who actually listen. Uh, Kyle, you've actually met some of them on the podcast. Is that the best way to put it? Uh, folks like Randy and now Selena Dean is you know she's one of uh, our big biggest supporters, and we've also had your friend Jenny who's actually called in, and she's. We're, I think we're. we're Are we turning
2: her into at least a wrestling historical fan? No, she's able to remember we watched in the past. Okay. And remembers a few few wrestlers from back then, but that's kind of it.
1: So when she called in and we were talking about the women's wrestlers, and she did get some pretty good insight as a fan, as someone who doesn't necessarily follow the product, but what she would think when she was watching certain actions done by the women, a certain kind of matches. And I, I know uh, we both appreciated her insight. And so we've actually had some pretty good interaction there. And hopefully in the future we can actually have some more guests. I know you've been trying to line some people up and I've been trying to line some people up and unfortunately they've kind of fell through. And that's just the way it goes sometimes, but we're going to keep trying. And if anybody would like to be on the, the podcast, even if you just want to call in, uh, let us know, and we will try to work something out. But in the meantime, Kyle, I mean, I know we have a few minutes left, but, but I think we've actually ran out of things to talk about with John Cena, not putting people over. That's it. Cause you don't
2: know, but <laughs> don't know what them. But uh, I will let you go this week.
1: And, and stay out of fights on the weekend. I'll always do. Yep, you stay out of fights on the football field. I'll try not to rip into anybody who's harassing my kids because that's some drama for another day. And, and th- th- thankfully that seems to be over, thankfully. So, all right, man. All right, Kyle. Um, And until next week, we'll definitely be staying in touch. And God bless you, my friend. We'll be talking. You too. Talk to you later. All right, bye.